hey, hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome to another episode of A Power with Pops coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Uh, tonight we have uh, a musician that um, I've been researching because I've loved the bands that I've seen that he's played in. And these are bands that I have followed since I was a teenager back in the early 80s. So, uh, and I've, I've watched what he's been watching his videos and uh, watched what he's done, where he started from. And uh, thank you so much for joining me this evening. And uh, it's, uh, I'm so glad to have you on. And uh, thank you for being here, Adam. It's a pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. It's an honor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I usually start off these with pretty much um, where'd you grow up? Where'd you, where were you born? Where'd you come from? Uh, well, I, I come from Los Angeles near downtown. So I was born <clears throat> and then spent a couple years in a, a place called Echo Park. And it's right next to Dodger Stadium. Like you, you got Dodger Stadium, and then like, but up against it is Elysian Park, and right next to Elysian Park, because Elysian Park is is like literally just a park. It's not so much a, an area where you live. It kind of is, but not really. And then right next to that, but up next to that is Echo Park, and that's like, um, an you know a lake, which is Echo Park Lake, and then you kind of have like an area of living there. Right. And, and that's that's where I'm from. And uh, so you and me were on like the basically the complete opposite ends of the United States. Yes. Cool. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm yeah. in Florida. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, as crazy as people think SoCal can be, I mean, you know, from what I hear on the internet, then Florida's crazier, man. So. Yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> it's depending on which part of Florida we're talking about. It's it's definitely I. I I'm originally from New Hampshire, and uh, I moved. I was, I, I moved down here against my will at five. <laughs> and uh, I, I hear you. And uh, so it's it's definitely an interesting state to grow up in. Uh, you know, I grew up in a city. I grew up in Sarasota, Florida, which is where like Barnum and Bailey and Ringling Circus was located, and all that stuff. And this oh, was, that's bad, man. Is yeah. that is that like north, south? It's south of uh, Tampa, Florida. Okay. About four, Minnesota, so I, Yeah. I didn't know that. That was like birth the would you say Ringling Brothers? Yeah, Barnum Bailey, that was their home Barnum and Bailey. Home space. Okay. That was it. And uh that's where the circus ran. And uh so like that kind of town it was supposed to be artsy, but growing up as a punk rock kid, it wasn't very allowable in the eighties. Uh so you know, I ended up moving to Gainesville and uh, getting into music and, and I roadied and did stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, once I got out of playing music, because I'm 50 now and, you know, in Gainesville, you can't play with anyone who's 50 years old. Um, <laughs> they're too old. So but I've watched your 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 growth and what you've done. So growing up where you grew up, like what was was you, did you grow up in a musical family? Was it? Was it like? Did you have a strong musical background? A lot of music in the home. Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, and, and in a way, it's like I kind of come from a family of musicians, and I kind of don't. Like, um, I, in a way, I, I think 
in in the family there's like an artistic um there's an art, a, a trace of um, artistic abilities within the family you know and it and either has to do with like drawing and art abilities or music with be it like guitar or singing and stuff like that and um i'm pr- i'm pretty much the only drummer in the family that i know of but okay. like my sister and brother you know are really into playing guitar and singing and my oldest half brother is into the same thing and so it's in the family and the funny thing is is my dad and my mom um never really picked up an instrument okay <laughs> or 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 you know into art and drawing and, and developing any of those skills so it's almost like it skipped a generation right in my family did they play you know, so. did they play music in the household was that a regular thing or yeah yeah definitely man and and when i was younger like my early memories of of music really have to do more of um being at my grandma's house okay because both of my parents worked so I'd be at my grandma's house. She would kind of play some music. And I had um, aunts that were young at the time, probably like early 20s or so, that lived at my grandma's still. And they had like, you know, record stashes. They had vinyl, vinyl collections and stuff like that. So I'd go through all their stuff when I was super young, probably before I even started kindergarten. But What was, um, what was the stuff that grabbed you at that age, you think, that like really uh, kind of catapulted uh, you to wanting to do it? At that age, <clears throat> actually, um, as far as like physical vinyl that I came across, um, the Stray Cats okay. was, <laughs> was something that, that I gravitated towards. I don't That's have awesome. that much of a memory a memory of that. Well, the thing is, is that I remember coming across that record. <laughs> I remember listening to it, but I don't remember hearing the music. Like okay. I was so young that you know when you're digesting stuff like that. You don't always have a memory of what it sounded like to you, especially if you're going through a whole bunch of stuff, right? Right, right, A whole right. bunch of, of vinyl, vinyl yep. stuff. That's funny. But my that... mom... <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it, but my mom tells me, yeah, that was your song when you were, you know, two or three years old. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that, but she's like, yeah, that's Stray, Stray Cats Trap by the Stray Cats. That was your song. Like, I... that was your... That's amazing your yeah. you say that because... Well, you were doing that. I actually took dance for five years, and I did a dance routine to the Stray Cat Strut. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so we got we got a, a Stray Cat connection here. That's yeah, that was happy. very. That's very right. funny. That that brought me back to a crazy memory when I was. It was when I was uh, eight years old. So, eight or nine. Nice. Okay. So that's okay. that's hilarious. <laughs> That makes me feel well, very okay. embarrassed, but whatever. <laughs> well, there, there's that. There's the Stray Cats thing. And um, there was also, there was like a triad of things going on that really ingrained music into me at an early age. There's that, you know, my aunt's right here collection uh, at my grandma's house. And then there was also um, MTV. Yes. Being like a little, little kid, you know, my grandma kind of like, after, after, my grandma being done raising 11 kids she was she she didn't have that much less in her to watch over and so as, as she could she would sit down in front of the tv so i'd be watching tv right and i remember for the most part you know one of my favorites was like um and this was a little later but just as far as mtv is concerned is um epic by faith no more oh wow um wow yeah and uh, oh, let's see what else. There's that. 
there was, but that was, that was like inspiring as far as like seeing really fun visuals mixed with the music. Oh yeah, you know totally. I mean? Yep. And to me, that's, that's more, that's more or less what music is to me. It's like, uh, yeah, expressing music. I mean, expressing your feelings through, through sound, mm-hmm. but also being able to extend that into visual if you can, you know. No, totally. Um, so that that really stuck with me. Uh, Jump by Van Halen stuck with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, kid, because it, it was just a fun jam. Oh yeah. And uh, David David not, was a mild, David was a wild man. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, me and my brother would just wait for the chorus and just jump off the couch. That's like right. Batman too. And, uh, <laughs> and believe it or not, there was a Grateful Dead song that came out, what was it, late 80s? Yeah, I remember. Um, and for the life of me right now, I can't remember the name of the song, but that, touch, that's like... Silver day, Lining, Touch of Gray or something? Touch like, of Gray. Yeah. yeah. You got it. Got it. Pop <laughs> culture nerd. <laughs> yeah, man. Good. You, you were able to remember it. That is that is probably one of my favorite videos still. Oh, wow. And it was cool because it was all skeletons video, and shit. Yeah, it was so cheap, and you can kind of see, like, the string. <laughs> yeah. It's cheap. It's just like it was, it was uh, intentionally Campy. You know, cheeky and kind of, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. I still love that video. So what led you... Um, so what was your what was middle school and high school like were you a skater were you a music person all in all did you start going out to shows and like getting into like punk rock and whatever else you got into as you were uh growing your musical ability or what like what was your uh travels um yeah i mean i would say starting from elementary school um I had an interest in music, and I, I started to have an interest in how to play it, right? Because mm-hmm. at that time, when I started, <clears throat> I started cello. That was my first instrument. When I started that, awesome. the only, like, one person that I can think of was my oldest half-brother that had his hands on an instrument, at, at least at that time. Right. And um, so, I, and I wasn't that close. I wasn't very close to him at the time, so that journey was was like somewhat of a lonely journey just starting that part right um and from there my brother my my other older brother which is not as old as my half brother <laughs> he is about three and a half that's con- that's confusing <laughs> a to a floridian when it comes to math so you can't i know that. man it was confusing <laughs> enough me saying it i lost myself saying so one of my older brothers, he's three and a half years older, he got like a guitar and a practice amp for his birthday. He was bugging my dad for it. My dad was able to find, you know, the right deal and, and hooked him up, hooked nice. him up with a guitar and an amp. Nice. And at that time, you know, I wanted to do everything my brother did. Of course. He was like, yeah, I, I looked up and we're, we're close in that, in that way. And I want to do everything he did. I want to be everywhere where he went. So at that point... I think I was trying to transition to violin because I loved the sound it made. Right. But then when I realized how awful it felt trying to hold it under your chin and all that stuff, I just, I was not about it. Very so, uncomfortable instrument. <laughs> yeah. So I said, Nope, I'm not doing that. I'm going to try guitar. So, um, at that point, even, even when I was doing cello at that point, my brother was like, um, he himself was discovering like metal and stuff like that. So, Right you know, at a young age, probably like, I would say starting around seven years old for me. Yeah. 
and you know about 10 10 and a half for him <clears throat> we started you know discovering metal bands like what were your favorites just, my favorites back then yeah uh, at least even when i was seven or eight yeah um was the first suicidal record tight and that's more of a crossover punk thing yeah like dri's when crossover. you're a kid yeah yeah. And, yeah and and when you're a kid none of that matters you know crossover punk metal yeah. any of that any of any of that uh you know technical labeling of music you, you can give a shit about right or at least at least i didn't so no, i agree <laughs> but the, <laughs> and that was one of my my favorite um albums at least at the time because in from my seven-year-old experience there was nothing else like it you know right. in my little tiny world and um but even at that point like we were jumping from <clears throat> we're, we, as little kids we were kind of backtracking because we had our oldest half brother that was really into classic rock okay so we were able to you know uh, wet our ears with like zeppelin and okay um Steve Miller band and stuff like that from my oldest half brother, but he never got into the heavy stuff or even like the old heavy stuff like Sabbath. He wasn't really into that. Okay, and we got into that. Yeah, yeah. He was he was a very mellow, mellow dude and very into classic rock and very into like playing acoustic guitar more than anything else. Oh, cool. All right. As opposed to to electric, but that was just him. You know, that was his thing. Um. But so, so you know, my brother and I got more into metal, and I was in elementary school at that time. And um, but I was a good kid. I, w- I wasn't. I, w- <laughs> I wasn't a headbanger troublemaker. Or anything mm-hmm. like that, so <laughs> you were Which, just into I mean, the music. You, know, you weren't into the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the lifestyle may be for a eight-year-old metalhead, I wouldn't really know. Well, but, I was hanging out with BMXer uh, kids when they were sixteen. I was like nine in the 70s and okay. they were like the Joan Jet, like ACDC kids like denim uh, what I wear now like Canadian tuxedos all the time and right. uh, and it's just like like you know like I, I started smoking when I was nine and they'd start playing like oh my gosh motorhead <laughs> and like stuff like Sarasota I mean Florida is an amazing state to grow up in let me tell you um <laughs> But no, like it sounds be, like it. <laughs> it be, being introduced to stuff like that, I can totally relate to because I had I had a, a an aunt that was really close to me in age, and like at six yeah. years old, seven years old, I was being introduced to the Clash, and and like awesome Queen, and like like Queen's one of my favorite bands. Like I awesome. It's you know like. It's just for memory and actually seeing them when I was a young kid when Freddie was still alive and like all oh, that wow. you know like that was like crazy shit for me and yeah. w- what was your what was your big blast off where you were just finally like okay I'm gonna bust down become this this drummer and just give it my all and start doing what you've accomplished to now Megadeth. Tight. <laughs> he sells, but it who's was, buying? It, it wasn't quite that. Okay. It was, and, and it wasn't exactly an album either. It kind of was, it kind of wasn't. What, what sparked it, what really sparked the drum thing, and not a lot of people know about this um, video, if you're an actual Megadeth fan. If you're an actual Megadeth fan, you absolutely know about it. It's a video called Rust in Pieces. Yes. Like that. Rust in Peace, right? Yes, yes. Uh, 
And are you familiar with that? Yes, I that, am. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that, at the time, VHS video was, is what sparked me or something inside me to be like, dude, I want to do that. That is it. Right. That's what I want to do. You know, that's that's what I that's what I became somewhat obsessed with, you know. And then to further that along, it was Nick Menza and the Rest in Peace album. Um, and at that same time, I, when I was uh, digesting that stuff, yeah. Countdown to Extinction had just came out. Oh, shit. Yeah. So then... So then once I got a hold of that record on cassette tape, and once I saw uh, <laughs> Countdown to Extinction, the video, I was just all about it, dude. I could not get enough of that song. Damn. I could not. I was just obsessed with trying to learn the drum beat to that song, you know, okay. on the couch pillows. Yeah. And that started it, man. And then, so I, you said you were in a band, Zombie, in 99, correct? Yeah, it started in '99 okay. high school, and and so that was in. So you were in high school when that started. Mm-hmm. What grade? Like, were you seniors or like what? What grade? Yeah, yeah, we were seniors. Like when I had, I was playing um, like cover songs and playing around with some friends of mine back in high school, and then I met um, Aaron Lippold, which is the original and and still guitarist for Jombie, and and we met like senior year or at the end of junior year and he was just like the, he was the the craziest dude I've ever met <laughs> and the only guy only person I've ever met that's never touched drugs awesome so, <laughs> alright that's cool so I couldn't even ima- I couldn't even imagine what he would be like if he did you know, it's just <laughs> right I don't know but um, <clears throat> so so we met and he was just he was like kind of like a fresh of a breath of fresh air into my life, you yeah. know, and we became friends real quick. And, you know, I quickly found out that he played guitar and he had a practice amp and he had his own guitar. And, um, which was always a plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, natural. And plus we both found out, even though I was so much into punk rock and I had listened to so much and, and tried to dig as deep as I could learning, you know, about punk rock bands before my time. Yeah. Um, I, I was in search of, of something different yet again. And yeah. I had discovered through my brother, Mr. Bungle. And I don't know if, if you know who that. Yes, is, I but... do. Mike Patton. Okay. Yeah. And, and I would say, you know, since we're, since we're on kind of on that subject and I'm talking to someone from Florida, the first Mr. Bungle album is, is probably like a proper um, sonic representation of what Florida is. Yes, it is. Right? You would not every. I, I'm telling you what everybody, everyone that's punk rock from Florida, loves Mr. Bungle. There's no. We all get it. It's a circus. That's funny, man. Straight up. Oh my god. All, it, right. all right. I mean, Tomahawk was really awesome too. Tomahawk was really also. Oh really yeah, good man. As well, but that project is is off the hook for sure. Yeah. Mike oh, Mike yeah. Patton's a, an insane artist who doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's what I love about about the projects he he uh, puts his his work and efforts into. It's like um, it's usually a different art for you know anything that's favored at the moment, or even in general, he'll just do something, you know. And I yeah. and I'm just assuming it's because um, he doesn't have anyone else hanging over his head yeah. to you know pressure him to get any any certain kind of of album done. It's right. It's 
usually a label or you know maybe a label under under a friend or you know what i mean and yeah and, there's no pressure there he's he's yeah and he's trusted just to do his art and no one's expecting him to sell a ton of records but right. you know they still do sell because he's like that and he, he's done a lot of work with faith the more so you know he's yeah. got that that, that, fan base, so. that was one of my uh, favorite shows. I actually got to see Faith No More and Helmet in Tampa at the college. That in the it was a fifteen hundred person auditorium, and it was That's the, rad. it was it was the midlife it was uh, it was mm. the midlife crisis store with Helmet right when they first came out with in the meantime, and it was it was crazy. It was, wow. <laughs> you know, like, okay. yeah, and the, and I actually got a chance to see Tool in Tampa in, in a room that was only 2,000 people, like that kind of crazy shit. So what was that like? It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Because <laughs> I'd seen <laughs> them, I got to see them in Tampa. Or, or a... it, it was in Ybor City in Tampa, uh -huh. and it was like... I forget it, it might have been the Florida theater. It was like 2000 people and it wasn't even really that packed. And then like six months later I went to Lollapalooza and you couldn't even stand straight to see him. Yeah. You know, like it wow. was such an amazing like growth in, in like that stuff was, I mean, you like, you're the, you're at the age where I'm, you, you're talking about faith in the morning stuff. And that, that kind of excites me. Cause I talked to people, like my age and older usually and they don't come up and I, like there's this thing that I talk about like how punk rock can change in so many ways how it did from the 50s and 60s to from pro, from proto punk to what where we are now you know when it comes to punk yeah. music and it yeah yeah it's so fluid and it's so interchangeable and you can mix so many things, and you can—I mean, certain bands. Like I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, "To me, Poison's Talk Dirty to Me is a punk rock song. It's a slower Ramon song." Yeah, I mean, if you listen to the guitar, it's almost like Sid Vicious Road. Yeah, I mean, it's—it's it's like it's <laughs> trying so to copy, trying to cop, you know, a '50s yeah. artist. It's a, <laughs> so it's like you can find it in every type of music. I mean, and sure. that's how it's fluid. And that also shows you how punk rock probably has had its influence on every type of genre for so long. Yeah, moving forward from there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so through your, you've been in how many bands since John B? Uh, let's see, County John it's one. And then, let's see, I've been in that one. I played for a band called Tommy Peacock. Yep. Um, I play for a band called Bloodhook. I play for, and I'll include the bands I've sucked for because yeah. those are definitely experiences. Uh, a band called The Motel Life, where they were like an indie kind of rock band that my okay. my brother-in-law was in, and they needed some help doing some live stuff. Um, what else? And then there's CJ Ramon. There's Adolescence. There's DI. There's Tiki's. There's a, a, a couple of things that I almost landed into and didn't. Um, let's see what else. I know I'm missing stuff here. A band called Neptune Recovery. I helped them do a record, yeah. uh, which was really great. Really, really cool. I actually met them just doing a, a cover band with them um, while I was going to music school. And I didn't realize that the, 
singer had his own actual project or band, and then later on he called me up to to hire me for some tracks, which was okay. super rad. Um, and then another band called She's Thinking, and they were um, kind of along the lines of Every Time I Die, but not quite. Okay. You know, they were they were a little less metal, and they were they were like a mixture of Every Time I I Die and like almost like Motley Crue sound, okay, like mixed together. Oh wow! <laughs> In a way, take a while um, on the wild side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was it was, a, it was a kind of a mix of those two, if you can imagine that. But anyway, yeah, I, I helped them do a record. I'm not even sure ever came out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and my sister's band, they're called Bueno. And they haven't haven't done anything in a little while, but because they have now they have three kids, and I was helping them out before they even had their first. Oh wow! And uh, so it was a pro. It's I guess it's still an ongoing project. You know, it's not dead. They're they're still trying to uh, calculate and figure, <laughs> navigate how to you know create some more content or musical content. Yeah. You know, having three kids, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how many bands that is, but. <laughs> so, like, so, like, you went to, you went to uh, music school uh, between Jombie, like, after Jombie, or? Yeah, like, right in the middle of Jombie. So I started, um, Aaron and I started Jombie in 99, 2000. We started playing shows in 2000, because that's when, that's the summer we graduated. And, um. By 2005, no, 2006, I ended up enrolling into MI Musicians Institute out in Hollywood. Wow. And there's a few of them. There's like uh, MI Hollywood, there's MI Japan, um, I forget where the other one or two are, but there's a few around the world. Yeah. And um, so I ended up going there, I think right in the middle of like working on a zombie record. What was the crux and, for that? Say, say like, again. I'm what, sorry. what what was what was your decision to go to school? Like, did you did you want to learn how to read music and and like or like what? Why did you go to the music school? Like, what was your uh, the reason? What was to motivation? Go? Yeah, yeah, your motivation. Right. Um, so. After playing with Jami for that for that many years, which was at that time by by that time it was like five six years, I loved playing. I loved loved playing. I just loved the feeling of just beating the hell out of drums in a musical way, and I just loved it so much. But as good as I felt playing it, and as as good as I was at at least playing Jombie songs, right? Or like learning, you know, learning. Um, other band songs just you know by ear and just messing around I, I felt I didn't feel like a real drummer because I didn't know the craft uh, you know what I mean I loved I loved playing so much but I didn't know anything about it right. really you know what I mean right that, that like hole in me musically yeah and I'm like I can't I can't I can't like I just felt like I couldn't live like that anymore. Right, <laughs> like, right. Oh God, I gotta do something. So, I can't, so I can't you're do saying this you felt like a, a poser as a drummer? Exactly. Really? Basically, yeah. I just, wow. I just felt like, dude, if I love this so much, why don't I? Why am I not learning about it right. as much as I can? Why, why am I not going full, full force on this? Right. You know, and 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 in a way, I was because, like. I would play, Jomby would play everywhere and anywhere pretty much. Like right. sometimes we play two or three, two gigs or three gigs in a day sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember we, we those shows. Like, 
Yeah, man. And we we play one show that you know we didn't get a long set time, or it was pretty early. Yeah. And we're young, you know, we're in our early twenties, so we're still just you know a ton of energy. We're like, dude, let's find another gig real quick. Right. So we'll play a backyard party, or we'll just call the promoter up at another bar, and they're like, yeah, come down. And then after that, there's an after party. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So, so at at that time, yeah, I just, I just felt like, I felt like a fraud to myself. Like no one around me gave a shit. No one cared. You know, no one, no one cared that I didn't know how to read music or any of that stuff. But I cared. Right, right. You know, just just to myself, like, um, just felt like, dude, I need to move forward. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense. I mean, like, those were things, like, I play, I've been lucky enough, I don't know how I was able to get a chance to actually be, to play in four or five bands that I was, I played in. You know, I did it for 15 years. I bought a bass on a whim. I, uh, because my roommate and this drummer were starting a band, we started, they, I didn't even know how to play bass, and we started a band. And, uh, it was like that kind of, you like, I was driven in that sense and, you know, like I didn't have the, you know, like I didn't, I don't, didn't have the drive to go to college, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Florida. Um, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) how how old were you at that, at that point? I was 20, 26, 27. Okay. So I. I mean, like, man, I, I've led the laziest artistic life, even though I, I'm, I've, I wore foo-foo shoes and was in every art class from kindergarten through 12th grade. So, awesome. But, uh, you know, like, when it, I, I was, I, it's a Florida thing, I, I think. Like, it, I don't know, California punk music to me and East Coast punk music, are a, a, a very kind of different thing to me, especially being from Florida. Like, East Coast punk to me, growing up, like, you know, you also had to include Slapshot and Gorilla Biscuits and all this straight-edge, like, really serious, violent stuff. And then in Florida, we had to deal with, you know, Nazi skinheads coming to a social distortion show, you know? yeah. And then, yeah. you know, it's like California always seemed to have that true, like, that old school punk rock PMA thing, like positive mental attitude. Uh, even though they were singing songs about real shit and real life, there was still, like, we can do this, you know, it's going to take uh-huh. all of us to do it, but we can do it, you know. So that's one of the things I've always loved about California punk rock music. And, uh, and I, you know, I don't want the East coast to hate me for it, but, uh, you know, like there's always been something about it that it's really energized me and, you know, the music that you've been involved with that I've listened to has been, you know, like you've been a part of like an amazing group of bands and musicians and have created like music that is going to, you know, live on forever you know, thankfully, and also, yeah, yeah, and also reach new generations, and that's the best part about punk rock music, is that even nowadays, kids are willing to go back and 
find the old stuff and 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 see where it came from and um what would and out of everything that you've done in your career so far and, and i'm sure you've got many things coming up like i've been watching your drum videos sick as all get out um like really sick by the way man that, i appreciate that it's really sick stuff um but uh Man, what, what do you what do you got coming up? Like, what do you have planned ahead? Um. Well, we've got. I know we we just booked something for July. Uh, I had a, a a venue in Orange County, which is uh, just south of LA. The next county under LA County, um, more of like a beach county. And uh, I know we've got that. It's like us and Mouth and Shattered Faith and a couple of other bands. Oh, wow. Um, possibly the bands I forget. Um, and Dickie's still trying to finish this record, man. We're almost done. Okay. And I know we've kind of been pushing that, <laughs> pushing that narrative for <laughs> a few years. Everybody know, has. COVID, I know, COVID's, The COVID world's a weird world. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to blame it on the CERN, but uh, <laughs> bad joke. Yeah, so so we, we do we do have that coming, and we actually just put out a uh, seven inch okay. um, this past month for January. Okay, and it's got a Gary Glitter's getaway. Oh shit! A Gary Glitter's getaway. Sorry, and uh, I want to hold your hand by the Beatles. So we've got a, a seven inch with a cover on it. Damn. Yeah. 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 So the, if you watched the latest video I put out, that's actually uh, to promote a seven inch, and it's under a label called Cleopatra Records. Okay. Those guys put out a ton of, of different things, including yeah, yeah. a lot of stuff. But um, I, it, I, I did that drum cover for Gary Glitter Getaway just to kind of help promote and let people. Uh, either know or remember oh yeah they just put out this you know seven inch and right i think it's got like a there's a blue vinyl and a red vinyl version i believe okay and um we just put that out and just before that actually there's a there's a record uh store and a record label i guess you can say called dr strange records i'm not sure if you've heard of them yeah, yes but, but of um, course. yeah they they uh got the licensing rights to reprint the Idiot Savant record. Oh, wow. And, and Bill, um, Bill Strange, Dr. Strange himself, he, he uh, reprinted it and like had four or five different color vinyls printed out uh, with that record. So that was really fun to see. And, and he had uh, Stan, Stan Lee and I go down there and sign posters and sign records and, um, you know, like a limited amount, so the first people to actually buy the copies there would actually get a signed, right. signed poster and all that stuff. So that was really fun. My daughter was with me that day, so that was super cool. It was extra special for me. Nice. You know, I get to have my daughter around. She kind of gets to see what, what that's like, you know? Yeah, totally. And uh, Do you think yeah, you have a, really do you think of a musician in your future? Um, It's, it's possible, because because of the fact that it's probably just being her bud, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just going to be that kind of, it's just going to have that kind of, uh, juice running through her, brain, you know? Oh, totally. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's going to go in, in the way 
music or in the way of, you know, uh, drawing, painting, or right. in some other way, you know? I don't know, but I, I can see that she's got the ability there for, for any of it. See, I just, I don't like to be uh, one of those parents that just because I love it, I have to uh, program my child to love it. Right. Because that doesn't really work, you right. know? Totally. Uh, and, and if it does, they just end up deprived and, and angry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Because <laughs> they're stuck doing something that they didn't even choose they wanted to do for their life. But um, so, I, so I, I don't like to do that. Like, I'll introduce different things to her, and then I'll kind cool. of um, step back and, and see kind of what she, at, at least at the moment, gravitate towards, gravitates towards, you know. Awesome. But, um, yeah. Man, that's great, man. Adam, you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay, sir. Uh, man, thank you so much for being on the show. I don't want to take up any of your time. It's a Friday evening. You got your pizza thing going, and I would, you know, I know you want to get back to that. Man, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you sharing this with me and with the audience. Uh, I always tell everybody this is a uh, time capsule, pretty much, of you know musicians that a lot of people love and appreciate and have always you know you know as even fans you know these are people that never stop being fans and they will always appreciate you know the time that you spent to uh share your time with them and uh and i thank you for sharing it with me uh the best to you and your family and to all things coming up I appreciate it, Jason, man. Thanks for having me. It makes me feel kind of special. You know, I know, I know that you've had other guests like Ian, Ian McKay and one of the guys from Clutch. You know, I, I kind of looked through your uh, your list of podcasts. I'm like, oh, he's going to have me on, dude. That's so rad. You know what it is? It's, it's, a, it's a music dork that won't leave people alone kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I have to... I have to do it because, like, I don't hear it on podcasts. You know, I don't like the, I listen to nothing but podcasts, and I don't get there's not this out there. And I, I want this to be something that's like a normal thing for people to talk about music and art and share their story about it. And uh, you know, and people appreciate it because it gives them hope and and gives them the the drive to do it themselves. So. Again, I thank you so much, and you have a great night. Oh. Oh, we passed out there? Are you there? You hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Can oh. you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So we, I, we missed out on the last part, I guess. But uh, yeah, it, I think last the last thing you said was you won't leave people alone, and then it just cut out. Just dropped. That was me hanging up on you. <laughs> That's a good way to finish that. I should have left it. <laughs> that would have been perfect. No, that's funny as all get out. Uh, no, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing this, and I just want to say people do appreciate what people share. Uh, uh, especially people 
that love the music but don't play it and uh you guys really do a lot for people uh you know it, it the music is a very important thing in people's lives and it, it uh really creates uh a good family atmosphere and uh this is like i said just a uh just a little spot in time that we can save for future generations to listen to and uh, get some really good conversations from people who are really incredible artists and real people. And uh, I want to appreciate your time, tell you that I appreciate your time, and thank you so much. Yeah, brother, thank you, man. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's an honor to be to be on your podcast. I mean. You know, anytime uh, I'm invited onto anyone's podcast or anything like that, you know, I do my best to take that opportunity because it's it's an honor, man. It, it's like, well, you know, why would you want to talk to a stranger? Like, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, so I appreciate it, man. I really yeah. do. Yeah, definitely. Have a good night. All right, brother. You take care, man. You too, man. Peace. Okay, bye. What happened?